Well, good morning. I'm not Pastor Greg, as you can see. Pastor Greg couldn't be with us this morning, so he asked me to take care of both services today. So thank you, Pastor Greg. And uh, if uh, you don't like the service this morning, well, you can just let Pastor Greg know later on. And if you do like the service, just let me know at the end. That would be great. How's that sound? So over the last few weeks, Pastor Greg has been taking us on some road trips, right? And they've been really good. And I know you might be a little tired of our road trips. Actually, I enjoyed them. They, they're really good. And, and if you didn't get a chance to get, watch them all, you can go back online and watch them again. And I suggest you do that if you didn't see them all. But I'd like you to go with me on another journey today. We can even say a little detour. And let's call this trip Going Down the Romans Road. How many of you have ever heard that term before, the Romans Road? Anybody out there have heard that Yes, a few, not many, but a few. My daughters, I asked them if they ever heard that term before, and they gave me that look that they give us dads sometimes, like, what in the world are you talking about? So the Romans Road is a sort of a road map, get it, we're going on a journey, through various gospel truths that someone put together by selecting key verses out of Romans. It's how to lead a person to Christ using Scripture From the book of Romans. Now saying, memorizing, or just knowing these verses doesn't save you. The only way to salvation has always been and will always be through a relationship with Jesus Christ. But how do you lead a person to Christ? That was a question that was asked to me at a conference many years ago that made me just stop and Now, we could start with the ABCs of salvation, and that is a great place to start. Have you ever heard of the ABCs? It's as simple as A, B, and C. A, you admit that you are a sinner and you have made mistakes. B is believe that Jesus is God's son and he died on the cross and rose up from the grave on the third day. And C is confess Jesus as the Lord of your life, commit yourself to a life of following Jesus And serving others. But what if a person you are witnessing to wanted some more information? What if they wanted some scripture? Could you do that? Well, neither could I. (laughs) Neither could I. I was just beginning to get into ministry before I knew I was getting into ministry. If you look back in your life, you can realize God does that sometimes, right? The conference I was at was a boys ministry conference. And someone told me about the Romans road. So I got my Bible, highlighted some scriptures in Roman, and I was prepared and ready to lead someone to Jesus if they were ready. That opportunity did come one day, and I will share with you that later, that story. So why? Why do we learn the ABCs of salvation? Why do we highlight our Bibles or memorize some verses in Romans? Well, I'm glad you asked. Have you ever been on a road trip or vacation before GPSs and got lost? What would you do? You would ask directions, right? And you're hoping that the person that you're asking directions would know how to get you there. It reminds me of a story when Pam and I would go back home many years ago, uh, back in southwest Virginia, And we were getting ready to come back home. And Pam goes, hey, uh, can we go by a certain place I hadn't seen for a while? I 
I said, sure. Do you know how to get there? And she tells me, I think I do. You know what thinking is? Think it's not knowing. Just ask my kids. They'll tell you that. So off we go. And we drove. And we drove. And we drove. Got about three hours into this trip. And I'm like, Pam, the, the gas gauge is getting real close to that E. <laughs> Can we at least get to a gas station? Well, we finally did get there. And she even tried calling her dad a couple of times because this is just when cell phones coming out. And where we were at, there, were, there was no coverage at all. But we finally did get there. Now, have you ever given directions to anyone that has been lost before? You know, if you've ever been up here um, on a Saturday up at church, there's a lot of people who drive through our parking lot, especially out here at front. And you'll see them pull up. And they'll pull out their phones and they'll start punching some stuff into their, their, their GPSs because they're trying to find out where they are. And next they'll start trying to call people. And you can almost read their mouths. They're saying, where in the world is Nortonsville? Have you ever heard of Nortonsville before, right? So finally they'll give up and they'll pull up to me and they'll roll down their windows and they'll say, can you help me? I am lost. I was like, sure, I can help you. But where are you going? Where do you need to go? And they may say Charlottesville, so I'll give them directions, take a right and take them through Earlysville to Charlottesville. Sometimes they'll say Crozet, and so I'll send them down to the crossroads, take a left and take them to Crozet. And sometimes there's even people here from down from northern Virginia, and they just want to get back to 29 North, and I'll give them directions there. You know why I can give directions? Because I've lived here all my life. I know these roads, I know the directions, and I can get them here. My point is, before you give directions you got to know the direction. So why, that's why important, it's important for us to learn the Romans road, to learn the way to lead someone to Christ. So with that, let's head on down the Romans road. Are you ready? You can pretend like you're buckling up your seatbelt if you like, if you wear your seatbelts. Well, the Romans road to salvation is actually broken up into four parts. Me and my wife my wife in particular, when we go on a long journey, she likes to plan things out. She probably knows me real well. Sometimes I get over, overwhelmed. So she'll break it up into parts. And, uh, and we'll break it up to parts to make it a little bit easier. You know, you schedule bathrooms and you're eating and for the kids just to get out and stretch. It's a good idea. So that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to break up the Romans road into four parts. Well, this first part is called the human Problem, and it's a problem we all face in here. That problem is we are all sinners. We are all sinners. Have you ever invited someone to church and for them to reply, if I came to that church, the walls would fall in, the roof would cave in? How many times you've heard that before? Yet yeah, it kind of tickles me a little bit. I'm thinking here, you know, in this building here, we've been in this building 22 years, and before this building, we were over in that sanctuary for about 50 years, and you're telling me of all the people that walk through the doors, you're going to bring the roof down? It's kind of silly, right? But why do they do that? Why do people do that? For one thing, it's like a a, a pre-rehearsed excuse, right? It's a quick answer. But they don't feel like they're good enough, right? So we're going to look at the book of Romans and see what that says about that. Romans 3.10 says this. Read along with me. There is no one righteous... No, not one. Paul wanted to make a big point here, so he is repeating himself. 
In writing, an author may use repeating words or phrases to emphasize the point. By long, if I read it with the comma, there is no one not righteous, not even one. There's no one in this church this morning that is righteous. There's no one in this county. There's no one in this state. There's no one in this country. There's no one in the world that is righteous. And that's the very first point that we want to get across to a sinner or somebody that's getting to, to, to accept salvation is there's no one righteous. Then Paul takes us on down to Romans 3.23 which says this, and I've, I've memorized this verse, and I've used this verse several times in trying to witness to someone. And it says this, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So now that we found out that we're not righteous, we also found out that we all are sinners, and we don't even stack up to God's standards at all. My Bible's notes says this, No one will ever reach God's standard of absolute moral perfection and be worthy of his glory on his own. Therefore, if there is to be salvation, it must come another way. So we're starting to get to the center to think a little bit, right? After establishing we have all sinned, Romans 6.23 explains the, the problem and the consequences. You see, we're going to start here with the first part of Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. Now, I will stop right there and say, well, this, this road trip has not been a good trip so far, has it? It's really bad right now. Pastor Darrell, you started by telling me that no one was righteous, that we all have sinned, we all fall short of the glory of God, and now you're telling me that, that because of my sin, I deserve death, that we deserve death. The price, the penalty, the punishment, the sentence of sin is death. That's what Paul is telling us here. And it's just not a physical death here, but an eternal death that we deserve. But as we move on to the second part of uh, Romans 6.23, it's going to lead us to the second part of our journey. Thank goodness, because this first part was a rough start, wasn't it? So the second part, we're going to call this humanity's hope in Christ. Our only hope is Jesus Christ. This second part explains the hope we have in the love of God expressed through Christ. Now let's go back to Romans 6.23, that second part. And it says what? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that's one powerful verse right there. Let me read it in entirety. For the wages of sin is death. And then we make a U-turn. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. There is their hope. There is their hope. It's right there. It's through Jesus. Romans 5, 8 gives us a little bit more information. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. It's not about what we've done. It's all about what Jesus has already done. There is that hope. 
There is that hope. He has taken our place and he has paid the penalty in full for us. Thank you, Jesus. What a simple plan. Why do we make it so difficult? It's a plan that's laid out. It's that easy. Now that we understand our need for a Savior and recognize that Jesus Christ is that Savior, we can respond by moving along to the third part of the Romans road and we'll be calling out to Jesus. This third part is the sinner's response. The sinner's response. Romans 10 verses 9 and 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. So what the scripture is telling us that if we say it with our mouth and believe it in our heart, that we will get to spend eternity with Jesus, hallelujah, praise God. It's that simple, right? It's that simple. A plan that's laid out through the Bible, it's that simple. But there's a little bit more. You see, this response, this response is possible for everyone. We can find this in Romans 10, 13. It expresses the God's ability to save everyone. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Everyone's the same one as all, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. So, we're getting ready to get to the end here. We're getting ready to to this fourth part. Uh, so, we're almost there. So, hang in with me. But it reminds me of, a, of a, when we used to go on trips when my kids were young. And uh, we'd go on a long trip and we'd get... Going in, what do kids ask a lot of times when you go on a trip when they're young? Are we there yet? How many times have you heard that? Are we there yet? And when they're young, it's hard to explain to them time, right? So Pam came up with a clever way when, uh, when our ki- kids were young. Uh, at that time, our kids watched SpongeBob. And SpongeBob was about 10 to 15 minutes long, right? So Pam would tell the kids after asking, are we there yet? She said, well... We got about two more episodes of SpongeBob, then we'll be there, okay? So I'm telling you, we got about four or five episodes of SpongeBob, and then we'll be done. I'm just kidding. No, we are almost done, so hang in there with me. This last part is called the results of salvation. The first result is obvious, right? Eternal life with Jesus, and that's the best part. But that's not it. The fourth part of the Romans road mentions peace and justification. Romans 5, 1 and 2 explains that through faith in Jesus, sinners can enjoy peace with God, no longer separated from a holy God by sin. You know, sin is what separates us from God. But because of what Jesus did, he stepped in and took that all the way. Follow along with me. Therefore, having been justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith in this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. You know what that's telling us there? While we're still here on earth, we now have a purpose and we can now have 
peace. Peace here on earth. How many of you can still remember the first time that you gave your life to Jesus? That peace that you felt. I remember it was my first time. I was at the old church on a Sunday night many years ago. The pastor back then was Brother Hudson. He gave a good sermon that night, but I can't tell you what he talked about. I was on the front pew all by myself. And when he gave that altar invitation, I went up. And what I remember is that peace, that peace that you never forget. And I drifted from the Lord from time to time. But every time I come back to the Lord, it goes back to that peace, doesn't it? That peace that he gives us. Now, I'm not going to say that life doesn't throw us some curveballs, that we're going to go through some hard situations and some terrible things in this world. But I can tell you, as you go with it, Jesus will be with you. And he will give you that peace. Sometimes I look through some things that we went through before in life and I, and I scratch my head and say, how did I get through that? I just had a peace through it. But then I remind it, it's because of Jesus. It is because of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Romans 8.1 rejoices also in the results of salvation. Before faith in Christ, all who have sinned were condemned by their sin and destined for death. But now with faith in Christ, there is no condemnation. Eight, Romans 8, 1 says this, Therefore there is no condemnation for those who walk in the Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. You know what that means? We don't have to have any guilt. We don't have to carry any guilt with this. What a great plan. What a simple plan, right? It's laid there before us. Now you have what you need to minister to somebody, to lead someone to salvation. It's all there before us right now. But earlier I told you that uh, I would tell you a story about the Romans Road when I first learned it. It started probably back in around 1993, 94. I was asked by a gentleman here at the church if... I would think about and pray about helping with boys' ministry here at the church. It was Forrest Burkhead. It was Phyllis's um, husband. Forrest asked me if I would help, and I thought about it, and I prayed about it, and I was excited about it, and I said, yes, I'd love to help. So I started helping out on Wednesday nights. And I think the first thing I did, and Nelson, you might remember this, I think we did the tree climbers. You remember that? It was up in the old parsonage up in the room up, upstairs, and, and we brought some boys. We tried to match up some for the men with some boys. And we had our tree climbers. And it, it was a lot of fun. But not long after that, things changed real quick. Like I said, sometimes life throws us curveballs. Forrest had a heart attack and passed away. I believe Phyllis, March 6, 1994. Yeah. So not only dealing with someone that was in my family that we love dying, not only dealing with someone at the church dying, but also dealing with a friend dying. We have to go through the grieving process. And after going through that, a few weeks later, it dawned on me a little bit. Now that force is gone, that I need to step up to the plate. It's time for me to take over the boys' ministry. So I stepped up and I did the best I could. But I struggled. 
it was tough. You ever tried to do something that you didn't know how to do? It's, it's tough sometimes getting started. And so I struggled at first. And then someone told me that there's a, a boys ministry conference in Northern Virginia uh, a couple of months away. It was probably Brother Allison who told me about it. So I said, all right, I'm going to go. I made up my mind. I put it on my calendar and I'll go. So one Saturday morning, all by my little self, without Pam giving me directions, I headed up to Northern Virginia. And guess what? I made it there. I actually was a little early this time. But anyway, as I was going to this conference, I was doing some thinking and praying, was actually doing more thinking than praying. And I've made up my mind as I was going up to this conference that I'm going to go to this conference. I'm going to sit off by myself. And I'm not going to enjoy this. And this will be a good way for me to just back out of boys' ministry. I'm not going to do this. Have you ever made your mind up about something before you started doing it? Yeah. You know, that was my plan, but that wasn't God's plan. No, that wasn't God's plan at all. When I went into that conference, God lit a fire inside of me. He lit a fire inside of me that just, oh my goodness, it just erupted inside of me. Uh, I came home, that's all I did was talk to Pam about boys' ministry. I talked her ear off. I talked to Brother Allison. I talked both of his ears off. I even talked to other men in the church. Nelson, I, I was so passionate, I wanted to get everybody involved. Have you ever been around somebody that's so passionate that, that they're trying to get everybody involved? Well, that's the way I was. When I went to that conference, there were some good men up there. One of them I remember, his name was Daryl Amos. Nelson, I think you remember him. Daryl Amos. It was a guy that led that conference. He kind of took me under his wing at that time. He got me excited about it. And at that conference is where I learned the Romans road. Because the question came up is, how do you lead a boy to Christ? How do you do that? And someone mentioned the Romans road. Also, when I got home, I found an old Bible or bought a boy's Bible. And I highlighted those scriptures in Romans just so I could be ready. Just so I could be ready when a boy was ready to give his life to Jesus. What well, it didn't take long. Later on that year, in the spring of that year, there was a boys' campery in, in Roanoke at the state campground. And, uh, and we were all excited. We, uh, there was a bunch of men that, that were going and a bunch of boys, and we were excited. We were so excited that we even had a pre-trial camping trip here at the church so we could get ready for it. It was in April. I don't, we actually, the parsonage, the old parsonage used to sit right here just in front where the, this church was before this was built. And there was a, a, a grassy area with some trees and we, we camped out here. And that was in April, about froze to death, but, but we, we made it. That was our pre-camp trip. So it came time for the big camp trip. Down to Roanoke, we went. It was my first time leading a bunch of men and boys on a trip like this. So I was prepared, got all the meals ready, had to write everything out, and had to get medical forms for all the boys. I had everything lined up, ready to go. So we went on down there. And when we got down there, uh, I went up to, I think it might have been Daryl Amos. I asked him, I said, so where where do we camp out? He says, well, you can camp anywhere up here. Uh, Over there would be fine. And he pointed to a spot uh, up in uh, some pine trees, and it's, I picked one of the worst spots you could possibly 
pick for a camping site. It was rough ground. It was on the side of a hill. Uh, I remember one morning waking up after talking, you know, on the side of the hill, you're camping anyway. You're not sleeping well. And I tossed and turned and I tossed and turned. And uh, Curtis Lawson was in the camp with me and I woke up face to face with him that morning. You know, that's what happens when you don't know what you're doing. But anyway, we made it. Uh, We were underneath some pine trees. And some of these pine trees would sway if the wind blew real hard. And believe me, we're going to find that out too. I think it was after the first night we settled into our tents. And a storm came. And I remember laying in the tent and just praying, God, please don't uh, let us get struck by lightning. Please don't let one of these trees blow over. Please don't let one of these limbs fall and hit one of these kids. But we made it. We made it. And actually, we had a great time. I remember that first year going. We had a lot of great fellowship. And it was awesome. Well, there was a boy that went with us that year that had just started to come into boys' ministry uh, a little, uh, probably about a month or two before we went down. I just remembered his first name, and his first name was Kyle, I believe. He was a little redheaded boy. Uh, he didn't come on Sundays, and I, I never met his parents. He would just come with the friends. I think he came with Jacob Felt and Mike Steele. And so Kyle came with us, and uh, I remember we had two services, and on Saturday night, I remember watching Kyle. And he was so focused in during that service. He was so focused in on that speaker. I could tell God was dealing with his heart. So we got to the end, and I was thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to ask him if he's ready to give his life to Jesus. I'm ready. So we get back to the campsite, and I've always had great help uh, during during these camperies. And and so some of the men started dinner, and some of the men started fixing the the campfire, and some of the other men started getting the other boys ready. So I grabbed my Bible, that highlighted Bible with the Romans Road, and, and I took Kyle off to the side. And I can still remember, I can still remember it so well in in my brain. We were there outside an old tent. And I thought to myself, why not try this? Why not try? What have I got to lose? And when I was preparing this message this week and I thought about what have I got to lose, God put in my heart, my soul, my soul. Why not ask? What do we got to lose? Why not ask someone if they want to know Jesus? What does it hurt? So I grabbed my Bible, and Kyle and I, we went on down the Romans road from the beginning to the end. And at the end, I asked Kyle, Kyle, do you want to make Jesus your Lord and Savior? And he said, yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. He said yes. Out of all that went on that weekend, all the storms, the fellowship, the games, the food, the services, that all that went on, you know what I remember the most? Is that boy giving his life to Jesus. Now, I don't know where Kyle is to this day. Matter of fact, he moved away that summer. I've never seen him since 1990. 1995. But guess what? 
I know that when Jesus gets in your heart, you never forget that, do you? You never forget that. Will you stand to your feet? Now, I'm going to end service a way that I remember occasionally we would end service when I was younger. And that's the sinner's prayer. I'm going to say some words and I'm going to ask you to repeat these words. Because what do we learn today in Romans? That if you say it with your mouth and believe it in your heart, what does it say? You will be saved. So I don't know who's out in the sanctuary. I don't know who's watching online. But if you don't know Jesus, repeat these words with me and believe it in your heart and you'll spend eternity with Jesus. It's that simple. It's not that hard. And then here on earth, He's going to reward us with other things, with peace and justification. So will you bow your heads with me and repeat these words? Dear precious Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve death. I believe Jesus is the Son of God. That He bore my sins on the cross. And that Jesus died for me. And God raised Him from the dead. I confess my sins to Jesus. And proclaim Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you said those words and you felt it in your heart, you are saved. It's that simple. Now as the praise team sing and we pray, let's rejoice in our salvation. But let's think about some people that we love that don't know Jesus. And let's bring their names to Jesus. Will you do that right now?